Good morning. Happy Monday, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Monday, March 20th, and today we are reading in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in Bill's story, actually the end of Bill's story, on page 16. Today's readers are Becky K, Wendy M, Meg F. The reference number for yesterday's special edition, Sunday, March 19th, is 9739. And for this morning's 7 a.m. Vision for You meeting, 9741. That's 9739 for Sunday and 9741 for 7 a.m. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Libby E. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Libby. Thank you, Amy, for your service. Good morning. I'm Libby E., a compulsive eater in New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Libby. I will now ask for Mara D. to read the 12 Traditions. Go ahead, Mara. Good morning, Mara Z. recovered in Virginia. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Go ahead. Great. Thank you. <clears throat> One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you so much, Maura. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, frog in my throat there. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does, however, request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And please don't speak on speakerphone because that causes a, an echo. So today we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in Bill's story on page 16 on that first full paragraph, An Alcoholic in His Cups. And I'm going to ask Becky Kay to start us off. Go ahead, Becky. Thank you, Amy. This is Becky Kay. Can you hear me? I can hear you well. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Becky Kay, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Maryland. A, an alcoholic in his cups is an unloving creature. Our struggles with them are variously strenuous, comic, and tragic. One poor chap committed suicide in my home. He could not or would not see our way of life. There is, however, a vast amount of fun about it all. I suppose some would be shocked of our seeming worldliness and levity, but just underneath there is a deadly earnestness. Faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. Most of us feel we need look no further for utopia. We have it with us right here and now. Each day, my friend's simple task in our kitchen multiplies itself in a widening circle of peace on earth 
and goodwill to men. Wow, this is pretty interesting. Um, what strikes me today is in the first sentence, we talk about unloving creature who potentially commits suicide, and then we talk about fun and peace. So polar opposites. And I know from my experience that when I was into the food, I definitely was an unloving creature. I was selfish, uh, nasty, I had low self-esteem, I thought I was right, and if you so much as tried to um, share with me your opinion, I would be a raging lunatic right back. And then I found OA, and, and now I am more fun and, and loving. And so, so while those, but how did they, I get from those polar opposites? Well, for me, it's, it's what says here, deadly earnest and faith, which is in, you know, the second paragraph or the second full paragraph, third line. I had to work the steps. I had to work the program. And, and, and like it says here, you know, the fellow who died, he either would not work it or could not work it. Well, this is not a, a program of people who want it. This is not a program of people who need it. It's a program of people who want it. And then it says here, faith has to work 24 hours a day. Well, what that means is when you work the program, then you, and through the grace of God, you get the spiritual transformation. So much so that you go from this unloving creature to now this fun-loving creature that is able to have peace on earth and goodwill to men, as it ends up saying. So I know that when I was in the food, I, I was just, just truly an unloving creature. And through the spiritual transformation, I was able to gain peace and happiness and love and fun. I mean, we say the serenity prayer at every meeting. And some of us even say it with our sponsors every day, you know, grant me the serenity. Well, that is the peace that we gain. So, so in a nutshell, what I'm saying is when I gave up the food, I gained a life. And it was through the spiritual transformation of this program. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Becky. So who would like to share on what was read, please? Harlan G. Harlan G. Jackie B. Roz G. Jackie B. Roz G. Okay, I have Harlan, Jackie, and Roz. Who else? Sylvia. Sylvia F., right? Yes, correct. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. We're going to go with Harlan, Jackie, Roz, and Sylvia. Harlan, you're up. Thank you very much, and thank you for your service, and thank you to Team Monday for making this meeting possible. Can I be heard okay? Yep. Perfect. Oh, great. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. And this little, this little ending to Bill's story is monumental. There's a little postscript at the bottom of the page that's not true. Now, I believe every word in the big book, and I live my life by the big book as best I can. And that's why for over 18 years I have not compulsively overeaten, and I've lost a little over 500 pounds in that time. And the thought of food does not cross my mind. It says Bill Wilson died on January 24th. 1971. That is not true. Because if you read what we looked at today, you find that Bill Wilson has achieved immortality. 
that the sun never sets on Alcoholics Anonymous. And in 170 countries, there are people recovering from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And they are recovering from alcoholism, compulsive overeating, gambling, you name it. Because these steps work. Because this is the greatest way of life in the world. And there are going to be claims made by people and treatment centers and things. And I'm not knocking treatment centers at all. That's an outside issue. I have no opinion. I shouldn't have said that. But what I mean is there are going to be claims made by different entities that they have an answer. They may for some people. But this book, this way of life, has restored more drug addicts more alcoholics, more compulsive overeaters, more sex addicts, more God knows what you could name, whatever it is, back to society than all other methods combined. That this unlocked something for people that they had been waiting for for centuries. And this works when we work it, as was said. This is not a program for people who need it. This is not a program for people who want it. This is a program for people who do it. And by the grace of God, I have been restored to a life better than anything I could have ever known because of these 12 steps in a book called Alcoholics Anonymous and a fellowship called Overeaters Anonymous. And the renaissance of that fellowship is a vision for you, which I'm proud to say is my home group. Thank you. Right on. Okay. Thank you, Harlan. Jackie B., please go ahead. Press star one, Jackie, please. Jackie B., are you there? Can you hear me? Ah, there you are. Yes, Jackie, I can hear you. That's okay. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Jackie B. from the Bronx, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, one day at a time. Uh, thank you, everybody, for your service today. Uh, what I what I highlighted today was faith has no work. Faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us, or we perish. Um, that is true for today. Uh, my recovery. It doesn't matter whether or not. Um, you know, the world, you know, will keep spinning or not. I know when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I say is, God, you help me, you guide me, you get me through this day um, and help me do your will. That's the first thing and only thing I do early in the morning. After that, I accept life on life's terms. Um, It's not always easy. I don't always know what the right place or what's going to be, but I have to be accepting because today the food doesn't call me. And I believe that the food doesn't call me because not only have I taken the physical part of it out by having my abstinence, but I also have the mental obsession lifted each time I realize that, you know, another day has come by. I have worked my program yesterday. Now I have to work my program today. And I have to be part of a tribe. This is my tribe um, of, of Overeaters Anonymous and a vision for you on 
the podcast, off the podcast, anytime, anywhere, every place. Um, and I truly believe that I am the person I am today that I like that is of service to everyone one day at a time. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. Roz G., you are up. Good morning. This is Roz G. I needed to unmute. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Roz G. I'm a compulsive overeater recovering in uh, Los Angeles on spring break. And, oh boy. Okay. Uh, Well, I love this. uh, I love everything in the big book, so I don't even need to say I love this passage. But I am reworking the steps. I just recently am recovering from a relapse, and since December 30th, I've been abstinent. And um, my sponsor says, you are recovered. You can sponsor. Uh, and I, I'm on, I'm on, I haven't gotten quite to the, to, the, to the eighth and ninth step yet, so I'm a little bit skittish about sponsoring. But I, uh, I'm in a yucky place in uh, the step work where it's the uh, sex inventory. And uh, as we read today, there's a vast amount of fun about life. And since I've been in in Overeaters Anonymous, as the onion layers continue to peel and my life opens up, um, there is is some really wonderful things about my life. I mean, I've traveled, uh, I've been on a lot of different trips. And then with OA, I went to some, with, some OA friends to Yosemite and saw the, the oh, majestic beauty. And then um, traveling to New Jersey, I'm excited about the conference coming up in September. And uh, I'm going to Vegas next month uh, on a doctoral journey that I'm taking with a, a partner in a, in a cohort I'm in. What The point is, is I'm trying to say that life is opening up for me. And there's a part of my life that's closed. And it's the sex inventory. And I've been single for 13 years. I haven't been in a relationship in a long time. And I don't like to look at it. And I think that, not that I think, I must have to understand that while I was in my disease of compulsive overeating, I was not an attractive person. And I don't mean that physically. I mean both physically and emotionally. And uh, I'm getting as more as honest as I've ever been in the years that I've been in this program. And uh, I have to look at what it is, why I, what it is that I am unattractive to people. And uh, it's not fun. <laughs> that part's not fun. But, you know, these days I'm just being honest. I really don't care too much about what people think. And the more honest I am, the more answers I get. So I'm grateful to Bill for writing this book. I'm grateful for the big book. It's it's a big part of my life. Like the first chair said, I live almost every part of my life according to this book, and I'll get to that word, all, right. all of it. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Roz. Sylvia F., you are up. Thank you, Amy. This is Sylvia F. I'm a recovery compulsive overeater in Northern California. So happy to be on the line with all of you this Monday morning. I, I like this passage. Um, it reminds me that 
I was an unlovely person. And, you know, when I was in the disease, I thought that the only person I was hurting was me. You know, I, I, I knew that I was either anorexic or morbidly obese, and I'm morbidly obese for the, certainly the last decade before I came into program. And I was eating in, in secret, in private, and, um, you know, I, I felt like I was keeping my mess to myself. I, I didn't know why I couldn't stop, but, but I didn't know that I was harming so many people in my life. And so when I started working the steps and when I came in and surrendered, I could finally see the damage that I was doing to everyone around me. And, you know, so it was all the times that I'm not present when I was thinking about food or when I was eating food or when I was sneaking food or when I was manipulating my husband to leave the room so I could eat something or if I could make an excuse to go out and do an errand. And I mean, it was a lot of work. I was, so I, was, I, was, I wasn't present, right? But the other thing that I learned um, once I did the steps and I started to get recovered is that I had no sense of humor. I just, I, I, I didn't even understand it. And it was because the whole world revolved around me. I was so defensive. I, I, I just didn't know, even know how to navigate because I didn't feel okay about myself in any way, not physically, you know, I had a really good job. I was, you know, recognized as a professional. And um, I just waited for everybody to find out I was a fraud. And so what happened is as I worked the steps and as I surrendered, and you know, it's this whole thing. It's like if we work the steps and why are we working the steps? Well, it's to surrender. You know, I could work the steps forever and not surrender. And I won't, I won't get the, the recovery. So as I surrendered, um, and I healed, I healed the hole in my soul. I didn't think everything was about me. I could laugh at myself. I could have, I wasn't defensive anymore. And all of a sudden it was a relief to everyone and me. And, uh, and still, I now still have a sense of humor. Not everything is about me. And so, yeah, I can laugh now. And I couldn't laugh before. And that is such a miracle of the healing process. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sylvia. Who else would like to share on what was read? Don't be shy. Press star one to unmute. Uh, Give me Wendy three. M. Wendy. Hi, this is Camille G. Camille G. Okay. Who else? Deborah P. Deborah P. Sherry K B. Gail K. Sherry K B. And Gail. Gail. Mm-hmm. What was the last initial? K. K. Okay, let's go with that. I've got Wendy, Camille, Deborah, Sherry, and Gail. Wendy M., you are up. Hi, good morning. It's Wendy M. from Colorado, recovered. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, good. Great. So um, what I love about this paragraph, um, some would be shocked at our seeming worldliness and levity. Um, I love that because the minute I came into the room 16 years ago, it was all about laughter. That's all we did. Um, And that laughter came because 
what we were saying, what I was saying, what others were saying was honest and it was true and we got it and we're not alone. And it's funny because it is so deadly earnest. It's just, this is my experience. And um, the other day, one of my sponsees was reading her fifth step and she's telling her stories and she's telling me her secrets. And this is stuff we don't tell other people. And as she shared it, you know, I had a smile on my face because I got it, because it's true. And I have to say that when we tell the truth to each other, we are telling God to each other. When I hear the truth in a room, I hear God because I know that it's true, that it's honest. And that's exactly, I feel that that's what God wants to contribute. That's what God wants us to be doing is telling our truth to each other. Um, And what a relief when I hear it. Oh, my God, I'm not alone. And because it's so true, there's laughter. There's an understanding at a level that I've never had before, before I came to the room. And when I hear laughter and when I'm laughing, I'm absolutely happy, joyous, and free. And God wants me to be laughing a lot. Um, And it's not a hard thing to do because we all have the same story. Um, so I just, I love, I love that part. And um, yeah, when there's levity in the room, I know that truth is happening. People are being honest and we're telling our stories. So thanks so much for letting me share it. Pass. Thank you, Wendy. Camille, G, please go ahead. Good morning. This is Camille G in Reno, Nevada. Uh, The sentence that speaks to me is, uh, there is, however, a vast amount of fun about it all. Um, I'm going to talk about what's happening to me in the present. I just sold my home. I've lived in for 33 years, um, relocating April 18th and 19th to a friend's. And then we're moving to Tel Aviv for a year. Um, So we've re-entered our hippie stage in our life. We're just on a path of, of just merriment, not certainty. Um, and the only reason why I can even begin to think this is a vast amount of fun is because I'm in recovery in, um, in my life. Um, I can't even say in my program because my program is my life because without my program, I have no life. It's really that simple for me. And what saves me during the day is I go between, um, I go between fits of being elated about this happening and fits of sadness. And then I'm exhausted and I go into self-pity and then I go into frenzy and sometimes I go into urgency. And what's really wonderful is the tool that we have called the spot check inventory where today I can make a choice that when I feel those feelings come up and they do or they they will and they do, um, I can sit down, I can put my app on my phone for my spot check inventory and it's actually fun to sit down and regroup and come back and remember that, you know, all I have to do is reach out my hand and there is God right there waiting, just waiting for me to hold on, to just grab on and step back into my life, take a breath and just um, go back into making this fun because the, the greatest gift for me in, in my life today is that I can have fun, I can have dignity, I can have a sense of integrity. Um, and just, uh, 
And I have an aftercare program that never ends. That's what I was thinking about, the difference between this and everything else when another uh, vision speaker was speaking. The difference for me is I'm in aftercare till the day I die. I listen to a meeting a day, and that's my aftercare. And it's fantastic. It doesn't meet once a week. It meets every single morning. So for that, I'm just eternally and deeply, deeply grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Camille. Deborah P., you are up. Good morning. This is Deborah P. Um, I'm sort of new at this, but I'm starting to get the hang of it. And I do, I can see now how how um, they would have this in here. And I think, you know, when I've been in the food, this would be really hard to imagine that there'd be a vast amount of fun because it's just been, it's been such a struggle. But, um, you know, I... I mean, I do am starting to see the freedom. I mean, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that no matter what happens in my life, how no matter how bad it is, I could be dying on the couch, that if I reach out for the food, it's just going to make it worse. And somehow that tiny bit of sanity has crept in, and little by little, um, you know, life is just getting better and better. And it's staying abstinent is the most important thing in my life right now. And... Um, and, you know, and, who, you know, who would have thought when this last phrase here, um, most of us feel we need to look no further for utopia. We have it right here. And, um, you know, a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men. I mean, that's sort of what everybody wants, you know, to participate in that kind of thing. But who would have thought that, you know, in my weakness and my struggle and just like, struggling to get through each day that that would um that would be what would turn out i mean and so i'm just i'm really happy to be here i'm happy to have this group you know i have a difficult time with commitment i've been here every day and um and i just appreciate it very much thank you i pass thank you deborah sherry kb please go ahead Good morning, Amy. Good morning, everybody. Amy, thank you for your service. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I'm going to start with uh, an alcoholic is is in his cups is an unlovely creature. Um, when I was in my disease, I was definitely an unlovely creature. Um, they're very self-centered, very um, isolated, didn't want to do much with anybody or anything. All I wanted to do was get in the food and stay there and um, be miserable. And, um, you know, here to me that uh, doing this program, if you don't like what we have, we can gladly refund your misery. Otherwise, stay in this program. Uh, don't be unlovely <laughs> um, like I was. Um, and I'm just so grateful for this program. Um, one of the things that jumps out at me is faith has to work 24 hours a day and, and through us or we perish. For me, that means that I have to be leaning on my higher power 24-7, um, many times a day, throughout the day. And then also just to um, stay in this program, to work the program, to live in 10, 11, and 12, to be of service, um, to be a step guide, um, because that will keep me um, out of my um, unloveliness and out of my food and uh, into program and staying in transformation. I just heard a fifth step on Saturday, and um, it's such an honor to, to hear a fifth step. 
And I've been told that it's so important to do many fifth steps, in other words, to hear them, um, to do yours, and to uh, listen to fifth step, because that helps me stay connected to my higher power. And, you know, I was at a uh, face-to-face meeting, um, actually a big book face-to-face meeting, um, AA meeting yesterday, and you know what I noticed, and this is what I want to implement for myself as being of service in OA is, you know, alcoholics care so much about each other. They're, they're so there for each other. They're, they're concerned. They're there. They, they help each other. They, they check on each other, and, you know, that is, for me, what I need to be doing and, and try to do is to check on people, to be there, to support them, because if not, I'm going to perish. Um, if I don't stay in this program, stay in these rooms, stay connected to my higher power, love a vision for you, um, living in 10, 11, and 12, and thank God for Bill Wilson. Um, even though he is dead, it says here since 1971, I think he lives in all of us. Thank you, Bill Wilson, and thank you, Roseanne. And um, we le- need to live live this life here because with not, we need to because it's deadly. It is a deadly program, and I've heard that compulsive overeating is like death on a layaway plan, and I don't want to do that. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sherry KB. Dale, Jay, you are up. This is Gail Kay in California, a recovered compulsive overeater, and um for me as well, the the uh, sentence that jumped out was, uh, faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. And uh, I've just been, um, I've come, come back uh, into uh, working the steps uh, after a relapse from not working the steps. And uh, I have been uh, focusing just recently on in step three and reading chapter three. And uh, in there, I it uses used words like uh, to describe that the talks about the blank mental spots or the mental blank spots that we uh, get that happen to us. Um, certainly happened to me. In fact, I lived a lot of my life uh, in flat out blackout. I mean, I couldn't even remember. I mean, I have periods where I have a five year period that I don't even remember anything. Um, and a lot of that was with the allergy of the body. Uh, so it says we're, uh, we're strangely insane, and we have extre- extremely insanely trivial excuses uh, for going back out. We're off guard, no mental defense. And I, I just ask myself, well, my goodness, if I have uh, no mental defense, then I'm, then I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. There's nothing I can do. But it says here, you know, the answer is that if I, if I have faith working in me 24 hours a day in and through me that I will survive, that I can uh, have relief from this disease one day at a time. And to me, my understanding of the faith is that the, the, the 12 steps are the, the faith package, if, as it were. You know, uh, that's the bundle of faith. And I just, uh, you know, grab that bundle, open it up, follow the directions inside, and then that, that's, that's, where, that's the faith. Um, and I'm learning and appreciating that um, when it says 24-7, 24 hours a day, it means that everything, just like I abstain from food and everything related to food, what I, what I uh, uh, immerse myself in 
is the program, the 12 steps, and everything related to the 12 steps. And that is at the center of my life that infuses the rest of my life. And that's what the book promises, uh, guarantees uh, a sustained recovery one day at a time. So I'm just grateful for this big book, for the provision of recovery, for the bundle of faith that it's so, that Bill and all of the hundred with him so generously provided to us. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Dale. And we're going to break for just a quick moment for a moment or a word from our sponsors. A Vision for You presents, drum roll please, Power of the Big Book Convention 2017, September 15th through 17th at the Liberty International Airport in Northern Marriott in Northern New Jersey. For all things convention, including community bulletin board and contact info for your questions, check out our website at www.avision.com the number 4u.info. That's www.avision4u.info. And please spread the good news. We want to see you all there. Okay, so we're going to continue on sharing uh, what was read on page 16 here at the end of Bill's story. Who else would like to chime in? This is Meg F. John K. I think I heard Meg F. Reggie O. John K. I'm going to put myself in here. Was there someone else I missed? I have Meg, Reggie, John. Anybody else? Okay. We will go with that. Meg F., you are up. Good morning, Amy. Can I be heard? Yes. This is Meg F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California. Good morning, everyone. Um, unlovely creature just just such a ditto on what's been said but selfish and nasty and thought I was right and um, mostly just you know I could be funny I could be energetic I could try so hard I did I did a lot I've always done a lot I do a lot and I had a, a big world I had a really big world but I wasn't enjoying it and I think that um the people who love me knew that it wasn't as good as I wanted it, of course. And so it was pretty unlovely. The The part I really love about this, and it, it scares me, and I want to say it anyway, but um, one poor chap, you know, committed suicide in my home, that Bill Wilson and these early team who would have died and gone to sanitariums, and it was very obvious they wouldn't have just, you know, gone off into the chocolate chip, you know, haven. They would have been in sanitariums and dead or wet brain, they had to go to great lengths. So they went to much, much greater lengths than, you know, most of us at meetings barely take phone numbers. Um, There's a real resistance to being of service. And when you have taken care of, I, I have worked in detox and you take care of alcoholics, it's very, very messy and or drug addicts and or all kinds of people. Um, It's a very messy world. And to have, um, People kill themselves, like to be around people in that kind of danger and, and, and fear and that you lose sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't work and you can't help them. I, um, I just find it amazing that he has, you know, the suicide and uh, in the next, you know, sentence after that, it's the vast amount of fun about it all. So it's, it's this huge high contrast, isn't that alcoholism in its definition? Um, vast amount of fun about it all. And I, I just look for people who are enjoying themselves 
and and being full and and alive that just totally really matters to me and it seems to me that it, the 24 hours a day to look for the way to work the steps in order to surrender like that that that's a whole new concept to me that you that that you work the steps not just to clear away the wreckage of the past like i never got past fifth the fifth one you know six and seven being extremely extremely important and this is in decades of program I've understood these things but I haven't really done that much with six and seven because clearly I didn't stay in that much conscious contact and then there's the 10 11 and 12 are just no I don't know what you would do like one two three is that three-step dance people talk about at the beginning all the time all of us that dropped off and had relapse all of us missed the 10 11 12 we all missed that that dance and like how to live that dance is my current chore um it's very important to me and it's very uncomfortable to me and I have to have help with what my limits are and what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do. Like I don't have to do everything. I just have to do something. And um, I certainly would like, you know, peace on earth and goodwill to men and to myself. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you. Thank you, Meg. Reggie O, your turn. Reggie Star One. Hi, thank you, Amy. Thanks for your service this morning, and it's great to really great to be here and listening to everybody this morning. You know, ending this chap ending this chapter in Bill's story, I find that these three paragraphs to be amazing. You know, what's what's in them? The 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 opposites that are in them. You know, he starts with an alcoholic in his cups is an unlovely creature. Um, how how challenging it is, struggling it is sometimes to work with some of them. Uh, it's under one who committed suicide in his home. And then in the very next chapter, uh, there's a vast amount of fun about it all, you know. And that's the, you know, it just struck me as a transformation that happens there. There's a transformation in between those two paragraphs from having put down having put down the food, you know, having put down the food. And I certainly was an unlovely creature in the food. And, you know, the vast amount of fun about it all, also in the same paragraph as faith working in us 24 hours a day, you know, in and through us, or we perish. So just putting together faith and vast amount of fun about it all. And, you know, I really got that, just thinking about it, listening to people this morning. It's like, a part of a part of the work we do, the steps, is um, turning our will and our lives over to God. You know, I I look to God to the best of my ability to guide me in everything. You know, from uh, finding a God that I can turn my will and my life over to in that second step, to making a decision to do that, to taking action to do that on a daily basis. Uh, you know, that means that I've given up trying to control not only my world, but the world. I, I don't have to manage everything. I don't, you know, it's just amazing. I still, you know, I still go back to that sometimes but it, where I forget. But I don't have to manage or control anything, you know. I, I have to. And when that happens, it takes the most amazing burden and weight off of my shoulders, off of my heart, off of my mind. It makes it possible to have a vast amount of fun uh, with it all. And, you know, and then we need look no further for Utopia. I have looked in so many places to find uh, what is what is so here, you know. And I, I am remembering once when I was recovered before, this was my life. It was my way of life. Uh, I, I And I, you know, I didn't need, it was right there. And then I got all of these gifts in my life, which, 
kind of took me away from the program. And uh, I heard someone say, don't let the gifts of the program keep you from the gifts of the program. But I did that. And, you know, and it took me a really long time to come back. And I missed it so I could never find. I looked. I spent money. I did this. I did that. I had a library of self-help books. You know, but it's really so simple right here. And the the earnestness, you know, uh, it's, it, it's 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 work. It's a way of life. It's a continuation. But the and you know the benefits of that are so amazing and uh, so utopia is you know as he's talking about it is right here. I'm very grateful, really grateful to Ebby and Bill W and everybody that came before us and Fine. you know and our vision for you, uh, which is an amazing place to be every morning. So thank you. I'll pass. Thank thank you, Reggie. John K, your turn. Hi, I'm John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Los Angeles. Um, you know, this is such a wrap-up to the uh, that whole chapter, you know, that goes from, you know, bad to great. And uh, the thing I love here is the uh, uh, somebody be shocked by our seemingly worldliness and levity. And, you know, it. I remember what attracted me the first day I was in, well, not, it was when I came to my first program was I was miserable. I couldn't imagine living without my substance, and yet these people were laughing. They were having a great time, and it made me think, gee, maybe this is possible, and it, you know, this this just points directly, uh, this little sentence, to my favorite two uh, pages of the big book, 132 and 133, you know, where it, it says, we are not a glum lot. If newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. We absolutely insist upon enjoying life. And then on the next page, it says, we're sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. And it says, it's clear we made our own misery. God didn't do it. Avoid then the deliberate manufacture of misery. And that certainly was me when I first came in. I was miserable. But one of the reasons I was miserable was uh, of my own making. There were so many of my lousy attitudes and and how I felt about myself and uh, you know, I was a comedian, as some of you guys know, and I could make fun of anything except myself because, oh, that was off limits because of my ego and my self-centeredness and my un- understanding uh, that I- I'm human. You know, now I do something wrong, I'll laugh about it. So I, and I'll, one of my, my favorite lines I'll say is, God, I hate being human some days because I'll do something really dumb, you know, and I want to think I'm so smart many days, but I realize not true, as Harlan said before, you know, Bill W. is going to live on long after all of us gone. That name will be there for many years after any of the people we think about right now in our, that are big, big shots in our world are gone. We'll remember Bill W., you know, and the other thing I'll say is, is, is we sort of talked about sometimes about how this is not as tough as disease as alcohol. Well, look, I can tell, I tell people I've buried two strong pieces program. Now, one guy in a fire because he was too big to get out. And I've known dozens of other people who committed suicide who have anorexic girls who dropped dead at 25 because they had no, you know, no electrolytes and things like that. And it's our choice. You know, writing those two, that paragraph there, you know, which way do we want to go? Do we want to be happy, joyous, and free? Do we want to be miserable? And the key about happy, joyous, and free, and I'll wrap up on this, is that it requires extended amount of time abstinence. You know, uh, getting having a couple weeks losing it, having a couple weeks losing it, like I did for a number of years, it it's not the way to get growth. You know, it's like 
running for 500 yards and then stopping, and then running for 500 yards and stopping for 26.2 miles versus running a marathon. That's, you have to keep the food down for the work to really get going, for the promises to develop. And, and it, to me, it all comes down to one word, and that's surrender. Be willing to surrender and let people help you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, John Kay. My name's Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. I could just say ditto, John, but um, there is, however, a vast amount of fun about it all. When I read that, I also think about the, the quote in the beginning of the chapter, there is a solution, which as a vision for you as a meeting, we're going to get to very soon here. It says here, we are like passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. Unlike the feeling of the ship's passengers, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. Our joy is escape from disaster. And I can tell you my joy, my fun, and my life starts from this one concept that through the grace of God and these 12 steps and, and my surrender, as John put so well, I now have an escape from disaster from a disease that was killing me and wanted me dead. And I am now free. I am free indeed. Freedom isn't free. I had to work and I had to surrender and I had to do a lot of things in this program and I still do on a daily basis. But today I am free and that brings me joy and happiness and allows me to have fun in life. And it's amazing to me what I think of as fun now, 29 years in, versus what I thought fun was prior to programs. There are two very different things I can tell you now. And I'm grateful to be able to do that. And, you know, you all know me, or those that know me on the line know that I'm a pretty intense girl. So how is it that I can have fun and joy and yet have a vast, what does it say, deadly earnestness about about me. And that's what this paragraph is saying is that I am deadly earnest when it comes about the business of this disease because I know what this disease can do. And I know what it's done for me. And I know what it did to me. And I know what it is doing to others. I have a brother who called me on Thursday saying he wanted to end it all. He was saying goodbye. And the last few days have been our family and I trying to help this now relapsing addict and gambling addict from killing himself. This is what this disease does. There is a vast earnestness and deadliness, or I keep getting that wrong, deadly earnestness about this. And this is why I'm on the line, because in order to work my faith and stay spiritually fit, I carry that message with a deadly earnestness, because I know what this disease does. And if you hang around long enough, like John was saying, you see how it kills people. It kills people every day, and then it eventually kills them physically. And I'm struggling now with a brother I don't know if he's a would not or a could not, but he's a drowning man with 50 life preservers all around him, unwilling to pick up that life preserver. And I can't do anything about it, but I can, with a deadly earnestness, share my experience, strength, and hope, and share the instructions in this big book so that people can find freedom. You know, I'm just God with skin on trying to carry a message. I'm sorry, I'm not God with skin on. I'm just a messenger. Sorry, I'm getting tripped up here. But the bottom line is, is that this program offers freedom from a disease that kills us. And that freedom is what brings me joy and allows me to have fun in my life. But it is also a deadly disease that kills people every day. And our job out there is to carry the message of strength, of depth, and weight, and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a recovery. And with that, I'll pass. Who else would like to share? We have room for a couple more people, I guess two.
Debbie B. Melanie C. Uh, Mel C. And I heard Debbie. Yes. Okay. We'll go with those two. Melanie C., you're up. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much for your share. This is Melanie C., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Oregon. And I have been overcome by the shares that have gone on this morning. Um, it's more difficult for me to put into words what has happened in my life, what could not, should not, would not have ever happened had it not been for the 12 steps in my life. And, and John was saying that we're just kind of wrapping it all up here and in my heart just trying to to convey some sort of way in which I contribute to letting you all know that somebody you know held my feet to the fire. They, they did not water down the directions in the big book, brought it to me, and um, I have what I have now. And and I can tell you what it was like and what it's like now and the distinct difference from that. And from for this particular person that drove this disease into the ground, there is a solution for every single thing that I go through. And there really is this reordering, this reliving of a life that was going south really bad, really quickly. And... Um, we talk about the idea of utopia, and it feels that way. It certainly is a little bit different than what I thought that I was going to have when I came in here. I also heard somebody else say, I didn't, you know, come on this earth thinking I would do this sort of thing. But it, it bailed me out of what it was that I was and the way that I was conducting my life and the only way I knew how to conduct my life, the way that I was creating, and it is utopia. I am sitting here on this phone, and my heart is just melting, share after share after share. I don't know if you were on the line before the meeting started, but there were folks coming on saying there's a new big book study face-to-face going on in this state. There's a new one going on at this time in this town. They were coming on two and three at a time sharing because why? It's saving lives. This 12 steps are saving lives from compulsive overeaters where I had never seen in the many years that I've been involved here. And it wants to be loosed. It wants to go on. It, it, it We can't hold this thing back. And, and it has a life of its own. It really is a resurgence of something that we've all been looking for and yearning for in these rooms. And the fact that, that it's not being watered down, that it is precise and exactly, and there's some must and some requirements, but the exchange for it, please don't miss the exchange for this. I can tell you, and I would tell you more if you want to call, <laughs> just exactly what it has done for a woman like me, filthy rag, as wretched as I was, a different life. And 12 steps. Thanks for that, I passed. Hey, Mary, still there? Hello? Hey, Amy, are you still there? Oh, sorry. Go ahead and go. Oh. (laughs) Go ahead, Debbie. Sorry, I didn't know I was muted somehow. Okay, so Debbie, you're up. We've got a couple minutes. If you could keep it short and sweet, that would be great. I I can, I think. Um, Most of us feel we would look no further for utopia. Um, Yeah, I had no idea when I was in the depths of this disease and struggling and thinking it was absolutely hopeless. And now that I'm recovered and sponsoring, I'm sorry, I'm Debbie, recovered compulsive overeater in Canada. Um, it was, it's amazing. I, I tell people before my, before this, I'm retired and people would want to do something with me. I could say, oh yeah, whatever is good for you because my calendar is completely empty because I had nothing. And now I have a life. Now I'm helping people. Um, 
And when people want to do something with me, I actually have to say, I have to look at my calendar. But I had no idea it was like this. I was I was afraid. I was afraid to sponsor. I was afraid to do so much. And I gave it to God. The 10th step gives me gives me peace. Step 11 helps me, you know, iron out my day. And step 12 gives me joy in my faith with God. And it's just been a miracle for me. Um, but that's all I can say for this. Thanks for letting me share, I pass. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, who has shared. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. So, Wendy M., would you please go ahead? Uh, Hi, yes. Wendy Recovered, Colorado. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know, we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.